Welcome to the Five Heart Podcast. I am not Greg Mahochko. He's not with us tonight because he's a lame-o. Uh, instead, you got me, John Johnston, doing the intro, and I hope I got it right. Joining me are Todd Wolverton, who's been on this podcast probably way too much, and Dylan Gunther, who has done a marvelous job covering wrestling for Corn Nation. And if you haven't figured it out by now, we have a wrestling show. Or should we go wrestling? Wrestling. We'll wrestling, because it's official. This is wrestling. <clears throat> We're going to start out right. We're just going to zoom into this. Do you, unless you guys want to talk about things like, uh, I don't know, my new car. You talked about that last week. No. no I, that wasn't on the podcast, though. <laughs> Okay, fine, fine. You know, we usually start with John. Because mostly this is about What kind of car is it, John? It's a <laughs> Thank you. It's a 1999 <laughs> Ford Exposition. You just walked right into that. You should get out more. Right, yeah. Yeah, I should. <laughs> I am trading we're getting rid of the 2003 uh, Ford van or Dodge Caravan with a rust hole about that big big as your head in the driver's door because it's falling apart it's going to the junkyard and i bought a tank to replace it that is actually well how old are you i'm 34 wow well shit you're not even close it's older than the younger people that write for it <laughs> hey man I just, right. got a, I just got a 97 chrysler lhs if that makes you feel better yeah you know cheap insurance you wreck them you throw them away you go get another one that's what i like about it right and it's a Ford Exposition, so it sits up high. So when the Civil War slash apocalypse starts, I can just run into people and they won't fly up into the windshield. It's perfect. You know, they'll just, we'll be running over them. I put a so new that battery goes in with your, uh, That goes right. perfect with your, your Civil War hairdo. I'm working hard on this, you can tell. I'm grooming yeah, like this that. stuff. and uh, Okay, <laughs> let's go into wrestling. That's what everybody expects with you two guys around. Uh, what what happened at Iowa? Why did Iowa beat the hell out of us? Why, why, why Iowa? Why couldn't it have been like Purdue or Illinois or a team we don't hate as much as them sons of bitches? Um, I know, that does suck. I wish it was somebody else, but uh, it's not. And <laughs> I... Uh, I anticipate Iowa doing this to pretty much everybody. So, like, just because we are the first ones, like, just pump the brakes. It'll happen to pretty much everybody. Are they that much better? Um, short answer, yes. Ba <laughs> Basically, it's Iowa at the top and then huge gap, and then there's about five teams after that. So it's like Ohio State and everybody else in football? It's even wider gap. It's kind of like Alabama and then everybody else in football. Yeah. Really? There, there's no question. They're, they are absolutely the most elite wrestling team this season. They were last year, too. And uh, these are probably – last year and this year are probably the best Iowa teams that they've had since Gable um, when he was the yeah. head coach. They are absolutely stacked. And everybody else is going to fight for second place. I think in a duel – the only team that might score points in double digits against them, in my opinion, is Michigan. Um, there's some people that think that maybe Penn State has got some good guys. Um, wow. They're that elite. Yeah, Michigan definitely is going to score maybe 10 or 12 on them. But um, Penn State lost some guys. I don't think they really have a chance. Uh, Michigan – Michigan looks good. They got a couple guys back from Olympic red shirts that are top tier dudes, but Iowa is just stacked from top to bottom. They don't have a weakness. Um, yeah, it's definitely no. They're going to get number one. And everybody's fighting for number two, and that's at the national level too. Right but, now, hey, Iowa's. This is great. I you start the show out, and <laughs> I, now I'm sad. That's what I am. I'm just fucking sad. Hey, okay. You want me to make you feel better? 
Yes. I, you need to bring yeah. it up. And, you know, Alabama beats the shit out of everybody. Iowa right, beats the shit out of anybody. Could there be a team I actually like that's good at something in college? <laughs> I mean, Nebraska's good. We're number we were number six going in, but it's just that much difference. Uh, Nebraska has a really good team, top to bottom, one of the deepest teams, weight for weight in the country. But like I said, Iowa has like no, a guy that's number one, two, three, four at like every weight. It's what? It's are crazy. they paying them? You know they're using bag men. <laughs> it must be the great countryside they have there. <laughs> I I'd say something negative, but it'd probably apply to wrestlers, and that wouldn't be fair across <laughs> the board. Um, okay, so you guys. I don't really have a great amount of wrestling knowledge, so it's your show. You guys, you guys flow with each other. Okay. So um, I think there were some bright spots against Iowa. Um, we have at 149 Brock Hardy. That he's a true freshman. Um, he ended up. He lost to number eight guy from Iowa, Max Mirren. 6-2, and he looked really good the week before against Minnesota. Um, he was a really high, highly touted guy, so I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do some good things this year and going forward. Uh, Taylor Venz got beat badly. Um, he got beat by actually head, assistant coach Brands' kid Nelson Brands. Um. Yeah, I don't know what's up with Vince. He looks he looked really bad. So that's kind of concerning. Um, Did he wrestle Eric, against Minnesota? No, he didn't wrestle against Minnesota to skin issue. He failed a skin test before the duel, so they had to go with the freshman. So that was his I first match and it was a uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty disappointing. Um and yeah, at 197, number three, Eric Schultz for Nebraska. Um, he got a win against number four guy for Iowa. So uh, he pretty much proved that he's, you know, championship caliber guy. But other than that, yeah, it was just uh, they put it on us. It was pretty bad. <laughs> you know, you know um, I, I'll tell you what, I, Hardy, you mentioned Hardy, Dylan. Um, yeah. You know, that guy had that two-year Mormon mission. And right. he, when he was in high school, he used to have some battles. I think you've mentioned this in some of your articles, but he had some battles against Sammy Sasso from, from Ohio State in high school. Right. And um, here's the thing with Hardy from my perspective. I think the guy's going to be a hammer because he's tough on top and he's incredibly flexible and difficult to take down. Um, but here's the issue. He doesn't know how to wrestle a college-length match yet. He was fatigued in the match against Minnesota towards the end, though he yeah. hung on and won. And he he ran out of gas against Murin. Uh, Murin's, I'll tell you what, Max Murin, he's he's the lowest rated guy on the Iowa team, and he's rated number eight. But Max Murin, boy, he is on you like stink on crap. And he's gonna he's gonna be a grinder. And Hardy's got to get in shape. I think he's the one guy on the team that needed a regular wrestling season to round into shape, you know, by the big 10 tournament time. I think that this, this season could be too condensed for him, you know, to really grow and develop like, like he normally would. But well, wait, wait really a minute. How much different is this season than a regular season? I mean, they're doing the conference only wrestling, right? They're going to wrestle nine matches. Well, how long would it normally be? They'd wrestle 20-plus before the conference yeah. tournament. Before the conference? Yeah. Yeah, oh. because of like because of uh, tournament season before the dual season, you got – they'll go to a tournament and they'll get four, five, six, seven matches depending on where they go as far as winning and losing. Um, and that also gives a chance for the teams to wrestle guys that may be redshirting. Mm -hmm. um, so they can get some experience in at the division one level without having to be put into a duel. Um, I mean, it helps that the NCAA gave like, 
you know, their uh, eligibility waiver. So, you know, if you're a freshman this year, you're a freshman next year. Um, although that does because wrestling wrestling so specific to coaches scheduling out like you know we have this guy coming in he's in a red shirt while this guy finishes his eligibility and then we don't lose a year so it threw a huge wrench into all these coaches plans as far as like you know because next year the coaches were planning on losing five seniors after the season but all those five seniors can come back next year and be seniors again so it there's no red shirts this year. That's why you're seeing true freshmen out there. I mean, if it was a normal year, Brock Hardy would not be starting in the lineup. He'd be red shirting. Yeah. You know, upon reflection, I'll tell you what, I, you know, I understand that for all of the sports, I get it. But I really think the NCAA made a mistake. They should have given those guys that were seniors last year another year and, yeah. and let them have another year. And, yeah. you know, just treat it like a normal year other than that. You know, I, yeah, I kind of agree. Yeah. I but, definitely think they should have, because a lot of those guys last year got, you know, screwed out of a chance at an NCAA title. And it's almost like they're rewarding the guys that are still in college for that. Because, you know, some of those guys, I mean, obviously there were some juniors out there that, had a chance at a national title that are going to benefit from having an extra year, but those seniors didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and I guess, you know, I mentioned Hardy. I think that he's going to have a great career. I really do. I think that he's got a lot of promise, but I, of all of the Nebraska guys that wrestled against Iowa, and I'm even going to go back to the Minnesota match. I think the guy from Nebraska I'm most excited about right now is Mikey Labriola. And, you know, he, he is an emotional leader on that team. He's a likable kid. What bothered me prior to this year, now granted, he's only wrestled two matches this year, but I always thought he wrestled out of control. And he's going to have those moments, I think. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't take the stripes all the way off the Tiger. But what I've seen out of him in the two matches that he's wrestled is very aggressive, more controlled kind of wrestling than what I have seen in the past out of him. I'm excited about him. I think that he's going to take that step and I see him on one of the top steps, you know, on the podium when they, when they get to nationals this year, I, I really feel good about Mikey Labriola. Yeah. I definitely think after these first two duels, it's Mikey Labriola and Eric Schultz at 197 separated themselves as far as like being our top, top, top guys. Um, I think something that – I think Labriola was robbed a little bit this weekend because Iowa chose not to wrestle their number one guy. And if you look at the schedule coming up, Lab, like, you know, it's a condensed schedule, so we know who each guy is going to face. Yep. And if you look at what's coming, Labriola does not face a guy like Michael Kemmerer from Iowa, who is number one, that he can really test himself against – before the big 10 tournament. So I think, I mean, I understand like Iowa didn't want their guy to wrestle Labriola on a first match. Like that is what it is. Um, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Did they do that for seeding later on? They're already thinking that off far ahead. Oh yeah. I think so. I think cause he, he was a healthy scratch. They, they, re they wrestled a freshman who is super highly recruited and will be their starter someday. And he wrestled Labriola to a 7-4, which actually he did pretty well against Labriola. But yeah. still, yeah. he didn't he didn't get to face the guy that he'll probably – you know, he could possibly face in the Big Ten final. Well, here's here's the deal at 174. Kemmerer, you know, has had he's, – he's, he's had injury issues. And Brand said after the tournament he was nicked up. How nicked up? You know, if – it probably not enough that he couldn't wrestle. But right. you look at 174, and I'm not going to go through the names, but in the top five ranked guys at 174, you got Iowa, Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska, Penn State. Five right. Big Ten guys in the top five ranked guys, 174. Strap it up for the Big Ten tournament because that that is amazing when you have that kind of depth. And the like I said, the – 
bad thing for Mikey Labriola is he didn't get that chance since Kemmerer. And the way Nebraska's schedule works out, we missed out on – we're not going to face any of the top – somehow it happened where we're not going to face number two Michigan, number two Penn State, number 11 Ohio State. So Labriola actually is not going to get to face any of those guys you just named. Yeah. And that's – you know, it sucks. Um, so like when he gets the big 10 tournament, that could be a detriment to him as far as not being, you know, having seen that top shelf guy all year. You know, another guy that, that I'm interested in, and I know that Dylan, you've, you've written quite a bit about him and, and have some pretty high praise for Chad Red. Um, I would say this, I was excited to see Chad Red on the attack early in that match yeah. against Jaden Ironman. And, yeah. you know, that that's good to see. You know, Red, Red has the reputation of being that guy that peaks at tournament time, gets off to a slow start. You can't get off to a slow start this year. Um, but, right. you know, Red went right out, got a deep shot on the guy, scored on him, and looked really good. The problem when anybody wrestles Jaden Ironman is that Jaden Ironman, he could throw a cradle from his back. I mean, he could throw a cradle from the back 40 for that matter. And he got that cradle hooked up on red and scored. And um, that pretty much determined the match. By the way, Jaden Ironman, Nebraska connection. Stepdad, Mike Ironman, All-American at Nebraska, I think in 1993 or something like that. Um, but, Yeah. I didn't know that, but that guy is an absolute stud. Um, honestly, how he didn't pin Chad Red, I don't know. Chad Red really—that was pretty remarkable. Him even getting out of that, but uh, you know, he he ended up losing eight four, which, like we said, you said Chad Red, he gets off to slow starts in the season. That's just how he is, um, and he also is the kind of guy that waits for you to shoot and likes to reattack off it. So, I like you said, I was really happy to see him go for that. I mean, he blasted him with a double leg. Yeah. And, and it was like Jordan Burroughs' double leg. So, it was pretty impressive. But, one, okay, you mentioned Chad Red. I think this is what hurts Nebraska the most, period, this season, is they have two guys that are legitimate All-American guys at, at the same weight. Um, Ridge Lovett last year was a 133 pounder, true freshman, true freshman as a true freshman, he was a stud. He's gotten so much better over the off season. I mean, he won a national championship at junior nationals in freestyle. Um, he can't make 133 pounds anymore. So he was at 141. So you have him sitting behind, you know, a top five guy in the country. So, and we've seen at 133, we've struggled hard. So I think the biggest hurdle Nebraska has is not having Ridge Lovett line up this year and just how much that's hurt. I agree with you. I was going to ask you what more you knew about Ridge Lovett. And, um, yeah, that's that's unfortunate for Nebraska. It truly is. So. And then I anticipate him, uh, honestly, redshirting next year. So it might be like it, it could possibly be two years till we see Lovett in the starting lineup. Yeah, because I know they were planning on redshirting him this year. From the talks I had with Manning, he sounded like they were going to redshirt him this year. But with the NCAA, you know, eligibility stuff, he this is just a lost year for him. Like sitting behind Red, really, it's kind of unfortunate. Well. What's coming up, Dylan? What's what's next? Um, on Saturday, the Nebraska hosts uh, Maryland and Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern's ranked 25th. Maryland is not ranked. They've actually gotten beat so badly this year. They have had one. They've had one individual win in three duels. I've, I've always heard that Maryland was a top wrestling They're, team uh, joining the Big Ten. No. <laughs> okay. 
So, no, so they're, we, yeah, they're a doormat. <laughs> so we they're get another, we get another top 10 uh, backup though at 141. But I, you know, I see you work know, against some individual win, maybe some bonus points. <laughs> Um, who's that? You're, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, blanking on that. Wait a minute. I want to go back to our team. What about this newer kid? The uh, Haas, is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, Haas. Uh, he filled in for oh. Ven against Minnesota. Okay. All right. He filled in for Vens. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And then, which was weird, against Minnesota, he beat number fifteen guy, and then the next week. At Iowa, he lost to an Iowa backup, fifteen to six. Well, he so lost to Miles Wilson. <laughs> I don't know if we maybe kind of caught lightning in a bottle in that duel or what. What do you mean, Haas lost to the Iowa wrestler that wasn't that good? I mean, the Iowa like anybody at Iowa is good, but he wasn't you know number fifteen in the country, and he he lost by nine. Like it was a pretty big beat. It was a pretty big beating. But I think Haas. I think Haas is. He's a true freshman. He was a California State champ. He's he's going to be good. Yeah. But it, it'll just take some time. He'll you know. He's just waiting for Vins to expire his eligibility. I guess. Okay, I'm sorry I cut you guys off from what's coming up next. And we got Maryland Northwestern. This this it sounds like this wrestling season's gonna go real fast. Yeah, it's gonna be over in like six weeks. <laughs> yeah. Where are they gonna hand six, the six, uh, seven weeks? Um the um it's a good question. Wrestling tournament is where? Penn State. It's at Penn State. Okay, yeah. You know, Minnesota wrestled in Nebraska. Now Minnesota is going to play volleyball at Nebraska. I'm not going to get any photography in at all. It's kind of uh, disheartening. Well, yeah, that is a bummer. That is a bummer. I was hoping to get it to one two, but it doesn't look like I might be able to. So, but but anyway, yeah, we were talking about what's coming up. So uh, yeah, this weekend we got. Northwestern really is about, you know, other than, like I said, Maryland, but they're really bad. Uh, Northwestern's got some guys, but honestly, Nebraska should have a pretty easy time with them as far as like a team goes. Um, Nebraska is five ranked opponents coming up, but we should be favored in every matchup. Which, like I said, we we're not facing Michigan or Penn State or Ohio State, which I think is a bummer because I'd like to see it against those top teams. But I mean, it is what it is with the season. So they shortened it that much? Not really. Just like I don't know how, but Nebraska's draw was just insane. As far as like we had, you know, we obviously faced number one Iowa, but like four of the next best teams in the big 10, we just happen to not draw. In they have game. never, they have never since the big 10 came together with, you know, what is it? 14 teams. They've never wrestled everybody. They've kind of had some kind of a rotation. And, um, you know, there was a year that Iowa and Penn state were not scheduled to wrestle each other, but they scheduled each other anyway. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, it's like Dylan says, when they don't wrestle Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, um, that's, that takes the guts out of, their, out of their schedule. Now, they do wrestle Wisconsin and Rutgers, um, and Rutgers has got some good guys. I mean, um, it'll be a big match for Chad Red, and, and that's, that's one that will be huge for Chad Red. Because that could help him in the in the seedings, um, definitely. Yeah. Um, Sebastian Rivera, number one. Yeah, against Sebastian Rivera. Yeah, he's a stud. He was a, uh, yeah, he was the Big Ten champ last year at one thirty three. He moved up, so he'll 
that's and that's pretty much Chad Red's only real competition coming up. If you look at the schedule, is that's the one in the circle. Yeah, but like I said, the guys without you know without hitting on Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, you know it's going to be tough to really have these guys tested that much going into the conference tournament. So it's going to be wild. Anything can happen. Conference, Big Ten, NCAA's. Well, so when it, when is that? Is that the that's the only tournament they get this year? Then, I mean, other than the NCAA. Yeah, the yeah, big ends are the first weekend in March. Couldn't they have extended this into April, May? Wrestling people have been begging to right. change the wrestling calendar so that they didn't have to go head-to-head with March Madness. And um, right. you, you ask a very legitimate question, why couldn't they extend it? Probably because of the contracts that they had. I mean, it's a big undertaking to have the NCAA wrestling tournament. I think it's in St. Louis this year. Um, that's, that's huge. And um, so I, I suppose that that kind of locked them in, you know, at least for that. Now, as soon as I say that, obviously, you know, with basketball, they're looking at playing the entire basketball tournament in the state and Indiana, for God's sakes. Um, but that's their, you know, that's the NCAA's cash cow. Um, wrestling is a is a secondary yeah. issue for them, and you know, they whatever whatever you know, we'll just make it easy and and deal with it. So, so really, what it comes down to is they didn't want to spend the money. You probably, <laughs> yeah, or just the headache of moving everything. Yeah, I mean. The Big Ten tournament was scheduled for Penn State anyway. It was in the rotation. Um, right. You know, they're just they're just going to make it work. I think and, we should just have it. We should just have it in Minnesota for John to shoot, though. Yeah, yeah come on. I mean, last year I was set up to shoot the NCAA finals up here, and it got canceled three oh, days before yeah. the damn thing was going to happen, or something like that. What a the day after our the day after our podcast about it. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was actually. It was. <laughs> All right, Dylan. I hate to talk about Iowa, but you mentioned before we started that if you took all the best wrestlers in the world and put them up against Iowa. <laughs> no, I. Okay, so I was thinking. I, about, I want you to pose this as like a I don't know an Avengers movie, a Galaxy Guardian yeah. people. Okay, Iowa is definitely like. Thanos and his bunch, right? No. Um, so my idea was like Iowa is so good that like how would they fare against the rest of the Big Ten if you made like a perfect Big Ten lineup against Iowa's guys, right? And like seven out of the ten number one guys in the country at their weight are from the Big Ten. So that means only three are outside of the conference. And honestly, like Iowa has a couple wins where it's guaranteed, like Spencer Lee, number one at 125, he'll never get beat. Um, Alex Marinelli at 165, there's not really a Big Ten guy to challenge him. And there's a lot of like toss-up, one, one versus two, two versus four matches that like Iowa would legitimately have a chance if you put together the best – wrestler from the big 10 at every weight class against them like it's it's crazy it's they're historically good the big 10 team that i put together actually has it consists of a wrestler from eight different schools so like that just shows you you know like purdue's got one guy ohio state's got one guy you know rutgers has their number one guy uh Northwestern has a guy that's number one, but like Iowa has it at every weight class. It's just, but on the plus side, when all these guys graduate, Iowa will become mortal again. <laughs> so, yeah. But the bad thing is they're going to be able to bring this whole lineup next year with the NCAA waiver. So we might have to deal with this Iowa team again next year. Okay. So this year they get free. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they get free. They, let me ask this. 
right now you're looking at, you know, football, what happened was if, you know, you get a free year of eligibility. And my understanding of football is this, that they didn't necessarily raise the scholarship limits, but if you're a senior want to come back, your scholarship does not count against the limit. I assume that's true for wrestling also. Yeah, it is. I talked to Manning about that, and he said that's true as long as the school is willing to foot the bill for those seniors coming back. And it sounds but, like Nebraska, it sounds like Nebraska will, but well, I Nebraska, I think Nebraska, out of most athletic departments, usually does the right thing by their student athletes, right. and I know that's kind of a Homer statement, but uh, go. I want. Well, I shouldn't. I'll not go into that very far. Um, Here's the thing with football, though. You have you have over a thousand players in this transfer portal, and you have massive amounts of just players that are going to stay with their programs, and you have this giant glut because you have all these seniors coming back and players coming back and getting an extra year of eligibility. Then you have all these seniors in high school that are coming out, right. and nobody gets to evaluate them at camps. Nobody, they don't get spring games. They don't get you know there's are they going to get scholarships? Are they going to get seen by people? Right. Is, in other words, what I'm asking is this. Is wrestling going to have a problem where they have this huge glut of athletes because of this, this year, like football is, where, you know, there might be guys that are, I don't know, they're Division One guys, and they might have to go down to Division Two, just to get a scholarship or just to be able to play football. Is that true for wrestling? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Is. I think that you're going to see a lot of like they're going to see a lot of really small recruiting classes. So I think it does hurt guys that are maybe being recruited for this year and the coming year. Um, but I do know that like Nebraska brought in two recruits for this uh, recruiting class, and Manning told me that they absolutely would have had a bigger class if not for the, um, you know the the uh, season being canceled and getting and they're even sending these two guys off to the Olympic training center where they can train for a year for a gap year. And then they can join the team next year. Well, you know, something else too, John is there's no NFL, there's no NBA, right. you know, there's, there's nowhere for these guys to go. And most of them, right. um, okay. most of them are, well, let me put it this way. The very best of them, when they finish college, they're going to wrestle at a regional training center, which might very likely be the same wrestling room that they've been in the last four or five years so that they can train for international competition. So, you know, you look at any of these guys and, um, you know, it, it, the, the vast majority of them will be back next year. Like Michael Kemmer at Iowa, it will be his seventh year yeah. next year. Yeah. Wow, that's like me going to college. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Cram that four-year degree right in there. <laughs> it will, it will, now, with Michael Kemmer – that too, John. <laughs> I would say this about Michael Kemmer. If Michael Kemmerer wins a national championship this year, if he's the, if he is the national champion, he is one kid. It wouldn't surprise me that he walks away from the sport. His body has been beaten up so damn bad that he might just say, you know what? It's been a great career. I'm going to do something else. I could see that with a kid like Kemmerer. Um, and I'm sure Mikey Labriola would be thankful. Yeah, <laughs> and he very well could be. <laughs> Um, but you know, the, the thing, the thing about this season that I think is, is going to be really interesting is who, who are going to be those surprises, who are going to be those guys, you know, that haven't had a lot of attention, maybe a freshman that are going to rise up, um, and knock off some big names because, this is a very deep season. I mean, you look at the rankings and compared to a lot of seasons, definitely dominated by juniors and seniors at the top. 
And um, it will be, I'll be real curious if there's any young guys, you know, that start taking some scalps and, and, and can, can make a name for themselves. So when these guys graduate as seniors, you said there's no BMBA or why, why didn't somebody start one? They've tried. They've tried. Yeah. They're well, actually right now, I mean, it's a good segue too. Um, like flow wrestling's been having like MMA style wrestling cards where Jordan Burroughs has been the, you know, main event on two of them. You'd think there's a big, I mean, put it this way. Some, some company that makes uh, what Red Bull came up with an idea for like hockey players to fly down the sides of hills on insane racing with their, what was the crushed ice series? I mean, just because they got it on TV and they had a sponsor and stuff like that. Uh, I have a brother who's huge. He's a huge dirt track racing guy. And he's been sponsoring uh, young people for years, you know, sponsoring their cars. And what he's told me is that I think it is flow sports that they now have a whole bunch of these dirt tracks have set up cameras and people subscribe to flow sports. And now they're be able to, you know, they're able to watch their racing online. So I would think that that would provide a huge opportunity for the sport that I think there's an itch for just about everything. Yeah, I think we're actually like in the infancy stage of something really big happening with wrestling. I think it's it's popularity's grown as far as like youth level and then college level and you're like you're seeing these programs that are actually getting more money towards resources and like facilities and fan bases are becoming more into the sport. Um so I think like in the future these guys will have be able to make more money doing this and have more of kind of a opportunities out like after college. But like you said, it's never going to be to the level of NFL or NBA uh, major league baseball, nothing like that. Well, I think, you know, I'm glad that you guys brought this up because I think flow wrestling has really, you know, they've stepped up and you know, where, where quote unquote professional wrestling of this style um, where it's failed in the past is they always tried to make it in a dual format concept, you know, and having teams and team competition. That that whole boxing card, MMA card, why didn't somebody think about that 20 years ago? I mean, that's perfect. That's perfect yeah. um, for the sport. That's and, you know, even with um, Jordan Burroughs' situation – you know, he and he and Taylor had to delay their match from Saturday to Wednesday, and yet they were able to still bring together a very competitive card on that Wednesday night that people wanted to see. Okay, the- explain explain that. Well, I don't know anything about it. I don't pay attention to you know. Well, what what's been going on is they've been, and you know, Iowa's done some, Penn State's done some, um, Wisconsin they've had some. You know it. They, they were looking for ways to kind of fill a vacuum for wrestling during COVID. And so they started putting together these kind of like MMA cards. Um, Hawkeye Wrestling Club did it at Coralville outside Iowa City. And literally, they put current University of Iowa wrestlers up against international level wrestlers for the U.S. And not only did they have matches between current Iowa Hawkeyes and international level guys. They also had some women's matches. Okay. And they did that at Penn state and they've done it a couple of times at Wisconsin flows done it with Jordan Burroughs, but with the Burroughs and Taylor thing that got postponed a few nights. And it, it, interestingly enough, what became the feature match on the original scheduled date that Saturday night was a women's match. Yeah. That became the featured match. And that's the fact that, you know, I don't, th- I think too many times we're underselling how significant it is that we have women wrestling now in terms of expanding the fan base. Um, yeah. But then I, they, I wasn't aware we had women's wrestling on. I think we'll have it in college soon. Yeah. It, it's at Division Two NAIA, Division Three. 
Um, it is the fastest growing women's sport in the United States. I did not know this. I'll give you, Iowa is, I just read it before this. Uh, two years ago, 87 high school wrestlers and the girls wrestlers in Iowa wrestled in the first Iowa girls high school wrestling tournament sponsored by the coaches association, not um, the state organization. Last year, 364. This year, 447 girls entered in the state wrestling tournament. Now it's an invitational, not a qualifier, but they had over 600 girls that wrestled in high school in the state of Iowa this year. And it's not even a sanctioned sport. Most of the states surrounding Iowa have sanctioned it. And it's a big deal in places like California, Hawaii, um, and some other states. And, and that's broadening the appeal, the appeal of the sport. And you're seeing a lot, you're seeing a lot of girls in youth wrestling too. I have a nephew who is in wrestling and you go to the practices and there's a handful of girls, just, you know, five, six, seven year old girls that are wrestling right there with the boys. I've seen, I've seen a girl pin a guy, you know, um, it's, there's some pretty tough out there. Yeah. I had something snarky to say, but I'll just leave it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I, you know, and I don't know how deep you want to go on this, but um, I, you know, I started coaching high school wrestling in 1985. And my first coaching position, well, actually, I started coaching before that. I was coaching at Lincoln Pius when I was in college, but I was a head wrestling coach in 1985. And in the, I was at Galva Holstein for eight years. And probably in about year five, is when the first girls started showing up. And usually they were at the lighter weights. And some of those girls were pretty good because, you know, they came up through the youth program. And I had a couple of kids that were lightweight wrestlers that, you know, they were just little scrawny guys and we wanted them out there to fill a weight class. And they got nervous as hell about having to wrestle against a girl. Now in my old caveman mentality as a coach you know I made a deal with those kids that I said you know unless the outcome of a duel depends upon it I will never make you go out on the mat and wrestle against a girl because I thought probably the worst thing that could happen to the self-esteem of a young 14 year old boy would be to get beat by a girl and you know so that was my mentality back in 1990. Well, let's let's be honest, Todd. Back in 1990, that would be true. I don't know if you know. I'm an old, crusty man, far <laughs> removed from this stuff, but yeah. I imagine that, or I hope that it's not the case now. No, it's, so, it's definitely changed. Yeah. And and but what you have is occasionally you have some girls out there that do compete on the boys' teams and will wrestle against boys. That's not as unusual it was in 1990. There was a, a little gal up where I've been from in Northeast Iowa named Felicity Taylor. She wrestled at South Winnesheek. Um, she qualified for the state boys wrestling tournament in her senior year. She is one of the top ranked women's wrestlers in the United States. Now she wrestles in college. Uh, she's, she's got a budding international career. Um, and, and she's making something of herself. Um, those times have changed at the high school where I was the principal for the previous 11 years. Last year, they had two girls, both of them placed at the state tournament. This year, they've got six girls. So um, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> I did, let me ask this. Is the state of Iowa so far ahead of everybody in women's wrestling? No, they're behind. Well, good. Fuck them. <laughs> they're behind. <laughs> good they are behind that sounds like iowa behind they're ahead the of the wrestling, yeah. all right do we have anything else for wrestling i i just want to touch on one thing and you know george or uh, dylan covered this well on on the on the on the blog on the blog on coordination um jordan burroughs um Jordan Burroughs, I tell you what, I, I think I even posted as a comment. 
I said that I would be shocked if Jordan Burroughs could stick within three points of David Taylor. And Jordan Burroughs ended up losing to David Taylor. It was four to four. Taylor won on criteria. Um, I, I'll tell I have you no what, idea what that means, by the way. Well, David is that Taylor, like uh, is that like an ice skating if you have to do a double lutz triple angle back oh David Taylor had a higher higher scoring point or higher scoring move and that's why he won. Oh, okay. Um, but David Taylor is the number one ranked wrestler in the world at a weight class that's about 20 pounds heavier than Jordan Burroughs. Right. Jordan Burroughs is yeah, Jordan Burroughs is, quote-unquote, he's on the downside of his career. I mean, from an age perspective, right. from an age perspective, he's on the downside. But I'll tell you what, that guy to wrestle that tough against David Taylor, right? I, I don't count Jordan Burroughs out. I was convinced that Jordan Burroughs would leave his shoes at the center of the mat at the Olympic trials this year against Kyle Dake. I didn't think that there was any way that Jordan Burroughs would be able to beat Kyle Dake two out of three matches again. But I think Jordan Burroughs has taken it to yet another level. And I would look forward to him to make the Olympic team in metal. Yeah. Um, when I talked to Manning, he was actually, it was kind of surreal. I was talking to him and he was like, yeah, I'm just in between uh, training sessions with JB. So like you're really, you know, I'm talking to this guy in between training sessions with the Olympian, you know, Olympic champion. Um, but he was talking about it. He was like, I don't know what these people think. He's on a decline. And he's like, he's only gotten better. He's better. He, he's like, he under, it's almost, it's almost kind of like when you hear about like a Tom Brady, it's like, okay, like maybe he's slowed down a little bit physically to a certain extent, but like mentally he's got it to a new level. Uh, his attitude's a new level. Everything he does is just about winning and getting better, and like he's more focused and all the stuff that just comes with age, I think. Um, but he's like, you know, his athletic ability hasn't waned enough that like he's gained that mental aspect, but still is a peak physical specimen that I anticipate, honestly, him and Taylor both coming home with Olympic golds. Yeah, I could see that happening. You know what would be good, a good YouTube video for you to do, Dylan? What's that? Is to, to in your massive amount of spare time that I know you have, yeah. <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to come up with a series of YouTube videos imitating Mark Manning doing regular day things. <laughs> like going to Burger King and, and placing an order or going to Home Depot, going to Hy-Vee. Oh man. He's an intense guy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> it was kind of, it was kind of like talking to John Gruden. Like you see those videos of interviewing John Gruden where you just get into everything, you know? And uh, yeah, he's just, he's a ball. That guy, he's, he, he's the guy that when he retires always has projects going on, you know? You can't just sit down and drink beer. Like he's got to have stuff to do. Uh, but <laughs> that, you know, and I will, I will say this. He, <laughs> he kind of, uh, kind of pulled some wool over my eyes on a couple of things during our interview. I think it was pretty interesting. Um, he told me that completely were not what happened at all. <laughs> like uh, a lot of it was weight stuff. Like he told me that, Kevon Davenport was a 149er pounder. He told me he had hollow bones, you know, like jokingly. And then all of a sudden he starts the season up at 157. <laughs> like, I think, you know, like and a lot of times coaches will use the media to like, oh, I want these coaches to think he's going to wrestle at this weight or whatever. I think he did that to me. And same thing with Peyton Robb. He told me there's no way he's going to 165. And that's, and that's where he's at. So... <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. I There's like a hell that. of a lot more gamesmanship in wrestling than I ever thought. That oh, was. well, yeah. in Brands's uh, post-match interview, you know, Brands mentioned how it got chippy at the first whistle. And you talk to Iowa fans close to the Iowa wrestling program. They think that Mark Manning is the 
he is the whiniest opposing <laughs> coach that they go against. Now, I'm going to get to a point here. Mark Manning, he will tell you, those sons of bitch and Brands brothers. But the <laughs> thing about it is, is that I've been around a lot of those guys. I, you know, over, the, over my lifetime, I've been around a lot of them. Mark Manning could be the long lost triplet of Terry and Tom Brand. I mean, from, from an intensity level, yeah, yeah, those those guys are are just absolutely off the charts. Now, there's other wrestlers that are almost as psychotic as as them. But when you talk about Mark Manning, is not gonna he's not gonna back down to anybody, and they're. Both of them, both sides of it, they're going to defend their wrestlers and they're going to try to manipulate those officials for every possible call they can. And oh, I yeah. think they probably there's people are probably putting money on who's the first one that's going to go to the table and start bitching, you know, um, <laughs> and what, the game within the game. <laughs> and was it Tom or Terry that used to coach in Nebraska? Terry, Terry did. Yeah, yeah Terry. Yeah, Terry was even a co- uh, assistant for us for what yeah. in the early thousands. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's funny. Yeah, I, I sat next to my dad. Brought Terry over to the state tournament in Iowa for the finals one year, and I sat next to Terry for the entire finals at the old Veterans oh. Auditorium in Des Moines. That's I had bruises in my ribs and on my arms oh. because that guy just can't flip and sit still but <laughs> did you see him during uh, his uh nelson brands match he wrestled it with him <laughs> oh yeah he was rest- he was wrestling the folding chair <laughs> yeah hey i'll tell you what i i want to tell you guys this just here's the and i understand this is a nebraska podcast but i got to share this tom and terry brands twin brothers Sheldon, Iowa, clear up in the northeast, or excuse me, northwest corner of the state. Those guys were legends before they were even in high school. And they are two of the most intense people that exist on the mm-hmm. planet. And I heard this story about these guys when they were in college. <laughs> neither of them are drinkers. They don't drink. They don't do drugs. They don't do any of that. Thank God for humanity. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it was after the season was over and a bunch of the Iowa wrestlers decided they were going to go to Florida for spring break. This true story, at least Royce Alger, who was, he was a few years ahead of the brands boys and he was absolutely a wild man. He was, and he did drink a lot, but he was a crazy SOB that was a few years ahead of the twins. And he was a grad assistant at Iowa, and he went along on this trip to Florida. So they load up in a van. There's about a half a dozen of these guys. And Tom was driving when they left Iowa City. And they get headed south to Florida. And Royce is telling the story, and he's elaborating a lot. But anyway, bottom line is, everybody fell asleep, apparently, in the van, except for Tom, who was driving. And then Royce says, all of a sudden, he says, I just must have sensed that something was wrong. And I woke up and son of a bitch, we're, we're in a medium. We're, we're parked in the medium of the interstate. And he said, we're in Tennessee. And he said, I slept to Tennessee. And I, then I'm thinking, what the hell are we doing parked in the median? Of course, everybody in the back, they're all passed out because they were drinking. Well, where's Tom? Tom's not, in the, Tom's not in the van. And so Royce said he got out of the van in the median in the middle of the interstate trying to figure out what's going on. He walks around the back of the van, and here's Tom and Terry fighting like sons of bitches. I mean, they're just beating the piss out of each other in the middle of the median of the interstate. Royce, Royce says, what the hell's going on here? So he's breaking these two brothers up. And he says, what are you guys doing? And Terry said, it was my turn to drive. <laughs> god. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man! Okay, there's your Iowa head wrestling coaches. <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot! Yeah, quite a few stories. I'm excited about Nebraska. I think that they're gonna. 
they'll be a, they'll be they'll bring home a trophy from the NCAA tournament this year. They will. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, so what we're looking what we're looking at is this. Uh, it's kind of like in football where Alabama is the best team, and Ohio State was destroyed, but they were still a damn good team. And yeah, the yeah. problem is, is you look at it and you go. Well, they sucked. No, actually, they would have clogged, killed everybody else in the nation. But yeah. unfortunately, there was that one team, and it just happens to be them fucking shit asses from <laughs> Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's how. That's exactly how it is. I I think depending upon matchups, um, and I haven't looked at them that close, Dylan. Maybe you have, but um, you know, if Nebraska was to square up against Ohio State, Michigan. Penn State in a duel, you know, even though I think, I personally think Michigan's the second best team in the country, but I think, I think Nebraska could beat them in a duel based upon how they line up in, in their lineups. Maybe it would be, it would be pretty close. Michigan would be really close. Um, I think Nebraska would actually handle Penn State pretty easily um, because they, they lost a lot of firepower with a lot of top guys. Um, But Michigan bringing those guys back from Olympic red shirt, um, they're definitely the number two in the country, but I definitely think Nebraska is in the conversation for the third, fourth best team in the nation, but you know, not good enough to score more than six points against Iowa. Ow, god damn! <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, okay. man. I'm a, real- I'm a realist. We're, we're coming to the end here. We need to end on a you know, yeah. an up note. I, I okay, here's your up note. I guarantee that we will get a trophy between Eric Schultz and Mikey Labriola this year. Todd, do you have anything for an up note? Um, I think that Eric Schultz has an outstanding chance to win a national championship. Um, I think that, I mean, I, you know, he's ranked – number two or three, depending upon what poll you're looking at. Um, I think he's got the mental toughness and the mindset to win it all. Um, I'm excited about Mikey Labriola. After Michael Kemmer beat that SOB from Penn State last year, Hall, yeah. I don't think anybody meets, beats Michael Kemmer. Um, I just, I just kind of got that gut feeling. But I think I think Nebraska, I would be shocked if they don't have five All-Americans. I think they legitimately could have five All-Americans. And that would be great yeah. if they did. Yeah, I definitely think four four at minimum, I'd be shocked if we don't have four. Um, I think a fifth one, maybe there's a couple options as far as where they come from. But, yeah, I don't think – um, I think this team is built for um, built for a tournament setting as far as being able to make it deep into a tournament and score points. I mean, last year, you look at the Big Tens. Granted, we had one guy go to the final, but we had like three or four guys finish third. So, like, I think, I think what Nebraska lacks in, like, an absolute number one hammer – because we don't really have a guy that's just a hammer and is number one in the weight class and is the best. But what we have is a bunch of guys that are the third best or fourth best or fifth best. And in a tournament setting, you know, you get a bunch of guys finishing fifth, fourth, third, seventh, second. You don't really need a champion to be, you know, top three or four in the NCAA tournament. So it's going to be a wild, weird year anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Are we done there? Are we done? We're, we're probably hitting about it oh, a little bit over an hour. So I think that's probably a good place to end. Yeah, I think so. I think it hit on everything I kind of wanted to. Yeah. Well, I Dylan, you've been doing a damn good job today. covering wrestling. Well, thank you. Yeah. Excellent. I'm having a good time doing it. Good. Uh, well, we look forward to hopefully more conversations with Mark Manning. I hope so. And uh, some, some, some videos of you going to Hy-Vee as Mark Manning. <laughs> <laughs>
You can do it. Just practice and we'll put them up on the YouTube channel and people can go, oh my God, where is that? I want to avoid that place. Anyway, okay. This is uh, John Johnston signing off from the Five Heart Podcast where five hearts are the only hearts you need or something close to that. Uh, joined by Todd and Dylan, our wrestling experts. I hope you have enjoyed this wrestling show because, you know, we'd like to do something like this more often, or at least I'd like to see us do something like this more often where we, we actually sit down and cover other sports besides just football, because as much as I love football, we have a whole bunch of sports and they can yeah. be fun. So there. And we're not that good at football, unfortunately. So. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. I said, I'm a realist. I'm a realist, John. I'm a realist. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, we're done. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go right. Big Red.